Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These aren't only my opinions. Anything said in this podcast, future podcasts, should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD, PayPal, and Costco. Thank you. So, how's everybody doing? Uh, let's talk about earnings real quick. Uh, before open on Monday, there's a Tyson and Palantir after open on Monday. There's Upstart. Before open on Tuesday, there's Spirit Airlines. I, that's what, at least I believe, Spirit logo. What is that logo? Spirit logo. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that is Spirit Airlines. Uh, <laughs> I've just never flown it because of the memes. Uh, Ralph Lauren, um, Planet Fitness, and Kronos Group, as well as Cisco, before open on Tuesday. After Tuesday, there's Coinbase, Roblox, The Trade Desk, uh, Unity, Wish, and The Win. Um, before open on Wednesday, there's Jack in the Box, Wendy's, and uh, Wix. I had no idea Fox was actually a publicly traded company, but I see that here too. Uh, Walt Disney, after the close on Wednesday. Before open on Thursday, there's Six Flags. After the close on Thursday, there's Rivian. Um, and then nothing really much on Friday. So there's a few interesting ways to just kind of like look at this earnings um, this week, at least at least for me. Uh, I just see a whole lot of risky things to invest in. Uh, I think I just saw an article about Palantir upping hiring. Uh, that was reported less, last week that they're hiring more people. The internet consensus seems to be that uh, uh, Palantir looks strong because they're announcing increasing hiring before their earnings report. So make of that what you will. Um, Rivian, man, just reporting on Amazon's uh, earnings uh, just previously, um, them recording like billions of dollars of loss uh, because of that investment doesn't make me feel too good about ever ever like getting in to the Rivian stock. Um, fast food will be just always something that I kind of look at. It just It's just familiar to me. Like Wendy's, are they doing well? Jack in the Box, are they doing well? Um, Walt Disney or Disneyland and all Disney products. It would be cool to see where their subscriber account for Disney Plus is going, whether if it's topping off sort of like how uh, Netflix's trajectory is going. Um, there is... The trade desk, um, the most important part there is just how rev, uh, ad revenue is doing. Uh, the trade desk is like an ad company, so they are directly affected by ad demand. Uh, I guess I'm just going to quickly... TDD uh, stock, let's just see how they've been doing. They couldn't have been doing well because of all that scary ad stuff, um, ad news that was coming out about. Yeah, since like November, they've been just um, kind of... Going down in November, they were trading at almost one hundred and eight dollars. Now they're carving out the bottom. It looks like um, around the fifty fifty two dollar area where it currently trades. So we'll see if there's like upbeat guidance from like a company that's dedicated only to ads. I'm sure that would send the markets flying. But there is a chance that Trade Desk also reports that hey. We don't expect uh, ad revenue to grow or our guidance. We're going to taper that down for the rest of the year. And then, you know, for that type of uh, correction or like little sell-off that could potentially happen from that news, I just want to remind everybody that different companies are seeing different um, levels of ad revenue come in. Like Amazon seems to be doing fine when it comes to ads. Um, it also seems like uh, Google is not doing all too bad either, but that there are other companies like Snapchat and maybe Twitter that aren't doing as well, right? They're, they're reporting not so good guidance. So I'm taking this like ad reporting side of earnings at a new perspective now. Like it's really changed my like mindset on just like, hey, just because one company in your, even in your same sector say that ad is ads are down that shouldn't mean that everyone else's ads are down which means you shouldn't necessarily panic if say one company's ads don't do well another stock that i am going to be looking at is coinbase so coinbase just did the rescinding of job offers and um uh, layoff of staff and uh, i have to say that you know 
although the crypto market was doing really, really bad, um, like a month, a month and a half ago, uh, I mean, the stocks were also doing pretty bad. Um, and then uh, Coinbase just being a stock and being in the crypto market, definitely not helping. Um, it looks like the scams are, are like cooling off or like the big defaults of these big crypto firms like over leveraged with debt and all these promises, all these false promises and then defaulting, causing people to get their crypto stuck or, you know, causing people to get scared and pulling out their crypto, causing further downfall. Um, seems like that's starting to cool off and crypto at least for what does this date back to uh, like the end of June or like the mid of June has been rallying from its low so for example like uh, June 18th uh, Ethereum was trading at uh, 994 uh, and today uh, at the date of this recording uh, August 7th it's trading at 1713 so uh, $1,713 um, we don't know if it's going to continue going up, but I mean, this is a very interesting point in time for Coinbase to be reporting because we are, um, for all intents and purposes, uh, in a crypto rally, but I just don't know if this is going to be like some sort of dead cat bounce. Um, the slope trajectory of this rally is not that insane either. It seems very like consolidated, very tight. It's not some like random big candle that just goes upwards after going down so much. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if we end up going lower. Um, but I'm excited to see how Coinbase reports. Maybe they start talking about when they want to resume hiring, um, you know, where they want to take uh, the company and just maybe a little bit more on what they want to do during this so-called like crypto winter. Like a lot of crypto companies understand that uh, crypto is very volatile and they have plans on what they execute during these like crypto winters or when crypto is really down so that when crypto rallies and everyone like sort of like comes back in and is super excited um, that they're like the strongest provider or they have the coolest product because they didn't stop working because crypto went down they're the ones working the hardest actually so getting some guidance there from Brian Armstrong from Coinbase would be pretty good. And then, yeah, we'll see. I probably won't listen to the call, but I'll definitely probably <laughs> look at the earnings report and any sort of articles uh, with the stream on Tuesday. So I did a second run to Costco. Okay, so out of the two months I've had Costco, I've been there twice, um, went with my girlfriend and uh, the first time, my hot dog only had uh, ketchup and mustard, and the bun was torn, um, and I also got a churro. The churro was super, like, floppy, and it was very soft. Like, it was just not, it wasn't a good churro, um, and, like, it had barely any sugar on it. It was just a really bad experience. Um, I went a second time, uh, like, last week. Uh, and it was much better. The churro was crispy. It had a lot more sugar on it. It's still the two colors, but I'm willing to look past that if the churro is crunchy enough. Um, so that was good. Uh, and then this time they had relish in the relish dispenser. So I don't know uh, if they just like plan on like not having it filled all the time or not. Um, but I also did get like... <laughs> I got more info. My at least at my Costco, there's no more onions or sauerkraut like at all, which is crazy to me. So I just have to like, I just have to go in with that expectation now of just like, okay, it's gonna be um, probably ketchup and mustard, and then uh, you know relish if I'm lucky. But man, I used to love loading up my hot dog at Costco. Like that was, that was like my favorite item, um, and then yeah. And then for those that, you know, may or may not know, I was a huge fan of the deli mustard they have, but they don't even have the deli mustard. They just have the regular yellow mustard, which is fine. Copium, right? Like this is just copium at this point. Um, but yeah. And speaking of Costco, and this is just the segue because, you know, I don't really write scripts for this thing. <laughs> um, August sales for Costco, because Costco 
reports how they do every month because that's just a Costco thing. And I thought that I was like super sick, so that made me just even more excited to invest in Costco. And just as mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I have stocks in Costco, but I'm excited to hear what their sales numbers are like on August 31st um, of this month. Uh, And then seeing where we go from there. Costco has been going up. Um, uh, It's cooled off in the very recently few days, but really not all that much. Um, But yeah, really happy with my position in Costco. Um, I really can't imagine me selling it anytime soon. I have specifically 75 shares that I've been picking up uh, slowly but surely. And then uh, what I'm thinking about doing is picking up 25 more shares soon. But because I have such a good start and because I'm just happy with the amount of shares I have, I'm willing to let the stock keep going um, and then me not buying anymore, at least for right now. But what I'll do is if the price cools off or maybe you know August 31st rolls by and the sales numbers aren't good for, for whatever reason, uh, I'll take that time to buy 25 more shares and then maybe sell, in, uh, sell a like at the money cover call to like, I don't know, help with any sort of like forward down movement that we'll also get maybe in September uh, in case that the sales numbers are that bad. Um, just kind of, you know, making sure that my, uh, my butt is covered in case something weird goes on there because it, they are just 75 shares. They're not covered or anything. And Costco is not like a cheap stock either. Um, so I don't want to get like, <laughs> I don't want to be stuck with Costco, but I really do like it. Um, excited for the dividend payment. Not sure when that's supposed to be given up. Dividend issue date. Let me see. Dividend issue date. And they just had the ex-dividend too. Uh, Costco. Uh, August 11th. Oh, it's in four days. Costco shareholders who own Costco stock before this date will receive Costco's next dividend payment of 90 cents per share. So 75 times 0.90 uh i'm gonna get 67 dollars and 50 cents for holding 75 shares at costco that's cool uh probably use that to afford like a fourth or maybe like a fifth of my costco bill (laughs) and that's probably why costco is doing so well i mean like it's supposed to save you money because uh, everything's wholesale, but dang, you just have to buy so much of whatever you buy. It's, it just ends up being like kind of expensive, but it's definitely saved um, us money. Uh, not that we have to, but I'm just like kind of getting more and more used to it. Kind of, kind of just getting in that mode where like, hey, if, if if I just imagine I had three daughters right now, yeah, I probably want. I would probably love love Costco, but right now I just say that I love Costco, not love love. But we'll wait. We'll see. We'll see where that ends up coming to fruition. A few years down the line, I'll uh, I'll make sure that the podcast is still going too. It's crazy for those that are like listening right now. There's a, I mean, there's a good chance that this podcast will still be going, and we're just gonna we're just gonna be growing up together. This is like a a, a video vlog, just audio, really. At the end of the day, so. I hope you all just like stick around, keep listening for however long you can. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll always be here. My emails are always open. Um, and yeah, datagang.com, it'll be there. Getting into today's episode, um, we're going to talk about AMD and PayPal. Uh, just as stated in the beginning of the podcast, I have AMD and PayPal stock. Um, and then. I also want to let you know I'm not the type of person to ever tell you what to buy or what options to sell or like and any of that stuff. Like that's just not my character. Um, so I want you to just know that I own AMD and PayPal and you do whatever you want to do with this information. Of course, it's going to be like a little biased uh, because I'm going to have some sprinkle of copium in there because I'm <laughs> invested in it. Um, but yeah. Uh, make your own trading decisions. Trading is dangerous. Options are dangerous. Earnings are dangerous. And uh, yeah, I'll be right back. Okay, uh, starting off with AMD. If you don't know what AMD is, AMD is a semiconductor company, which is a fancy word for like uh, data chips, graphics cards, CPUs, chips, like uh, 
chips powering data centers. Um, they have a really cool CEO that's like low key kind of famous on the internet space just because she's so awesome. Her name is Lisa Sue. She's like the one crowned with the achievement of turning the company around when it wasn't doing as well as it is now. Um, and so uh, AMD did report uh, last Tuesday, uh, they beat um, expectations on revenue and earnings per share. So that's really good uh, in this current like, you know, recession scare that everyone's kind of having. Uh, but the stock uh, definitely was trading lower after hours. So I have written here that the stock was trading down after hours. Uh, <laughs> and then I have it in like parentheses, but why though? Um, it's, it's up to everyone's interpretation, profit takers, market manipulators. Um, one a common theme that I've seen in some articles, not definitely not all articles, is that they didn't guide higher than the analysts' expectations, which in my opinion right now with the recession scare that everyone's having in this economy doesn't seem all that bad because they still guided higher, but the fact that they didn't guide as high as analysts thought, I don't know. It didn't make much sense to me. Um, but I had covered calls on that were pretty aggressive or like really close to the money. And so they, that paid off really, really well. I mean like 1300 bucks, um, with the stock trading down. Um, but lo and behold, like the next day, uh, AMD actually went up like five to 6%. It was crazy. Um, but it was also not great for me because I had already opened covered calls at that point. So Right now, as it stands, um, I have a whole bunch of AMD stock, like 500 shares, and um, it looks like, at least for now, that they're gonna get called away. Um, but I made sure that if they get called away, I actually end up green on my AMD earnings. So best case for me right now is if AMD just trades flat, then I would stand to be in a really good position where I get to make money and have a choice of keeping AMD shares. Otherwise, if AMD keeps ripping, uh, then uh, I will have my shares get called away, but in the end, I'll also be making a profit. Just talking more about AMD's earnings, uh, Lisa Su, the CEO, said that she saw declines in the current quarter for the PC business, which is okay. Like, I'm not really concerned with AMD's, like, um, direct to consumer business like i'm not i'm not really so sold on that especially if crypto starts popping back up um maybe graphics cards maybe make a little bit of a comeback but right now uh you can buy a graphics card straight from the amd website which is definitely an indicator of supply so um there's not really a rush to like get in a raffle or do any sort of that business when you're um trying to buy a graphics card these days which makes me more motivated to build my next PC too, because there is one thing that I don't like about my PC right now is that it can't hook up to Bluetooth, and I just I really dislike um, uh, having wired earbuds uh, because I don't like the wire touching my shoulder when I'm like working. It's weird, um, but anyway. So uh, with PC upgrades maybe coming soon, they have some of my business. I'll be choosing the Ryzen chip over Intel's. Um, AMD is still said to be taking market share away from its main competitor in the CPU space, um, Intel. And uh, I guess I'm just like example one of that. Uh, I can't also tell if I'm just uh, choosing AMD out of sake of just I have AMD stock and I've did, I've just been very biased towards AMD. But from what I can tell, Linus Tech Tips, his last, his latest videos have always outlined that AMD is currently better than Intel. So I'll just kind of keep going with that. Um, Lisa Sue is quoted saying, "We're pleased that we're gaining share." So that's a huge flex because if you're saying that as a CEO, you're basically like whispering that or like yelling that in the other CEO's ears. Uh, and I can never be too good for Intel. Uh, I also do want to just point out though, um, just being the responsible uh, aggregator of data that I am, uh, AMD's P&E ratio right now is 43. In my notes uh, that I'm reading from right here, 
uh, I wrote that AMD's P&E ratio is 37, but right now it's 43. So it's gone up quite a bit. Um, and Intel's is 7.72. So AMD is valued around like five times more than Intel uh, when you're looking for like future growth projections. So AMD's trading at a higher premium right now, about like five times uh, than Intel. I wrote down here um, as a quote, <laughs> thought-provoking question, is AMD's current trajectory worth paying AMD's higher stock price? That is up to you to decide, right? Like I just basically talked AMD up into the clouds just now, right? Like with all these points, um, and I just want to let you know that like, hey, or ask you is AMD's current like price uh, worth paying for, um, given that the p e ratio is around five times more than Intel's. Intel might not be doing as hot as a company, but there is, a gonna, there is gonna come a point where Intel bottoms out. Um, and that would more than likely be the safer play because once a stock chart starts trading at like an intrinsic value, um, then you, you, you really have upside unless if the company just consistently underperforms, which is also a risk for Intel because it's doing so many things right now that can like belly flop, like building the foundries. Like what if they build the foundries and it gets pushed back, pushed back, pushed back? What if it costs more than it, they were originally projected? What if they build the foundries and no one wants to do business with them? What if Nvidia actually just d decides not to build anything from Intel? That would be a really big blowback for Intel because um, AMD or <laughs> Nvidia making chips at Intel's foundries, I think would be a really cool relationship, but we'll see. Um, as per CNBC, uh, all four of AMD's major segments grew during the quarter in which overall revenue soared 70% year over year. See, that's the kind of stuff that made me really think like, why did AMD go down, right? Like if in this economy, all four of your major uh, like sectors of your company are going up and that, that includes like, uh, like cloud, uh, consumer, I, I actually don't know what the four segments are, but data centers, like all that stuff. If all of those things went up, you know, why did the stock go down? And that's why earnings are dangerous. It's really, really hard to get earnings right because it's just really up to interpretation um, and anything can happen. So be careful out there. I even said, you know, in the, in the, in the Discord, like, I can't imagine uh, AMD going down, but that's why earnings are dangerous. Like, you do these enough times and you just kind of really get, just get jaded by earnings action. Um, trading earnings, if you're good at regular trading, isn't worth it, right? Um, or if you're decent or if you can like float, <laughs> uh, just regular trading. If you do do earnings, you have to do it with money that you are willing to just light on fire. It's just straight up gambling um, because, and it's even worse than gambling. Uh, I think you have better odds, um, honestly, playing something else because <laughs> I'm gonna be real. If you buy calls, you have to be right on the date. You have to be correct on the strike and the correct on the amount that you pay, right? These all influence your break even, and you have to have the company's report go well, and you have to um, count on the stock going up, even if the stock did well, just like AMD. So you have to overcome all those hurdles, and then you make uh, like a like I don't know a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars which you then have to pay taxes on. So it's just like, oh, holy moly. Like this stuff is really, really, <laughs> this stuff is really not, um, it just doesn't seem worth it. But I understand that's fun. I still think it's fun. I don't do it, but when I see people do it, I still get that like little tingly feeling in the back of my head. Like, oh, wow, this person's going for it. Like right on. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't wanna encourage anyone to like say uh, buy leaps or anything because everyone knows my opinions on those. I think leaps are really, really bad. Um, but I don't know, we'll see. Another bullish line from AMD, um, they don't anticipate a slowdown in demand for cloud computing. 
and large enterprise customers. So, I mean, that sounds pretty bullish just for the market in general, um, that everyone is still maintaining uh, the same amount of CPU power for their their cloud, their storage in the cloud. No one's like dialing anything back. No one's like losing millions and millions of uh, users. Um, and keeping large enterprise customers kind of also means that they're doing just the market's just doing really well, not cutting off ties, not like defaulting, not any of that stuff. Um, so while it just sounds like kind of normal that they keep large enterprise customers, uh, it's just nice that they said that. And they also reported that they uh, repurchased $920 million of their stock during this quarter report. Um, and I have a summary here. Uh, May of last year, uh, AMD authorized $4 billion in buybacks, and they ended up buying $3 billion in their stock. Uh, earlier this year, they authorized uh, another $8 billion, and in the second quarter, they bought back $920 million. The simplest way to explain what a buyback does is that it allows a company to buy its own stock back uh, to lessen the amount of shares in the wild. This is bullish for investors. So yeah, really cool that they're actually buying back the shares. Um, just to also give like a quick tip, if you say that you're authorizing like $8 billion buyback, you don't actually have to buy all $8 billion. You just could buy like one share if you really wanted. Um, but authorizing an $8 million buyback doesn't mean you actually commit to all $8 billion. Um, it just means that you can buy up to that amount. Um, it's typically in the company's favor to do these buybacks when the stock is cheaper, and especially if they believe in themselves enough to spend their own money to buy their own stock back. Um, it's pretty good. It's definitely a good thing for investors because... Uh, like I just summarized, uh, this is bullish for investors. Buybacks are bullish. Um, and uh, yeah, just with less shares in the wild, it makes yours worth a little bit more. Okay, uh, in this last half, we're going to be talking about PayPal. Um, PayPal also reported on Tuesday, same day as, pay, uh, as AMD. And uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, PayPal smashed earnings. And I just kind of like outlined everything here. I'm still down on PayPal by quite a bit. But what this recent jump has done is it's given me confidence to start dollar cost averaging um, more aggressively for PayPal. So before, it was just like kind of a shot in the dark of like, okay, where's the company headed? What are they doing to like turn this company around and all this stuff? And I have the summary that I need to have that sort of thesis going forward. And I'm just going to list off a few points here. Um, PayPal for this earnings report beat earnings per share and revenue expectations. So that's great. Um, but for those of those, uh, for those that don't know, PayPal has guided down a lot, right? Like PayPal crushed it during quarantine because everyone's like buying things on the internet and um, just signing up for PayPal. They got a lot of organic new traffic, new accounts, and everyone's like paying just on the internet now or more people are. And so um, after that's cooled off, after everyone's like started returning to work, e-commerce has been taking kind of like a correction path and everything's starting to go down. Um, and PayPal was largely affected. And so they started saying, hey, you know what? Instead of um, X revenue and X earnings per share, we're going to make less than that uh, earnings per share and less than that revenue uh, for the rest of the year. And they would do some sort, some stuff like that. Uh, and that would cause PayPal to go even lower because why is this growth company telling us that they're, stopping grow they're going to stop growing so much? So people are freaking out. People are taking out their money. Then people start... Um, you know, asking, okay, where's PayPal going? Like, where, where is their plan to get back all this, like, great, you know, traffic that they were getting before? And so just kind of going through uh, that and saying those expectations, um, PayPal only really beat earnings per share and revenue expectations because they've guided it so low. I don't want you to think that, like, PayPal's on a monster run out of nowhere. It's been adjusted for, and so... Uh, we'll, we'll see where it's, they start going from here. This was a great earnings report, in my opinion, uh, and we'll just kind of continue with the points now. Uh, I have written here, PayPal is down 70% from its high from uh, 305. 
So it was trading $305 before, and now it's trading at $100 after the earnings on Tuesday. Um, PayPal announced a $15 billion stock buyback program, which uh, articles and uh, analysts think it's because of the um, new investor that's taking like a 10% stake of PayPal. Um, I won't get too far into that unless I have a summary point below. Um, but they have like a new uh, advisor slash like group um, that's invested into them. And that uh, group is very known for um, having uh, companies like PayPal do stock buyback programs. People are usually sussed out sometimes. Um, <laughs> usually, sometimes. Uh, people are sometimes sussed out by buyback programs. Um a lot of companies can announce things like this. They like have a $15 billion stock buyback program. Oh, that's huge. But then some analysts just take that as, oh, they're just saying that. They're never going to actually do it. Um, but this company um, or this group that just invested into PayPal, they're really known for um, advising that the company does actually take up uh, and do the uh, stock buyback program and actually commit to it. So... We'll see how much they actually end up buying back. That is absolutely a number that I'm interested in. And um, it's actually inspired me for a whole new product for um, Theta Gang. Uh, and it's actually gonna be under a different name. We'll kind of get back, we'll kind of get into that at the very, very, very end of the podcast. Uh, you know which section that's going to be in. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just won't, I won't talk about it anymore here, but this, Earnings report here inspired inspired basically this, and I just came up with the name last night. Uh, I you know I'm just I'm just not gonna I'll bring it up later. Uh, at the end of the second quarter, uh, PayPal had 429 million active accounts. Uh, that's up six percent year over year. So that's great. Um, you know I see the PayPal button everywhere when I check out. Um, I don't quite know if uh, Amazon's new uh, pay button is doing well. I didn't hear anything about that on the earnings report or see anything about that or p other people reporting um, or anything to do with like really Apple and their button. But it's getting more competitive. And the more reasons with, you know, I'd see that people sign up with PayPal is if they ever want to check out with PayPal at checkout. And that's like when they first get maybe introduced to it. Maybe you're already using Venmo. I'm not really sure what the acquisition funnel is like for PayPal these days, um, especially with the younger generation. It has to be with, pay, uh, with Venmo. I, I, I couldn't see anything, any other way. Um, but pay with Venmo is probably coming to Amazon eventually. We'll see. It's been a while. Um, they made the deal it was sometime in the, in the last like 365 days. I don't know exactly when it was, but it feels like a while ago. Amazon's supposed to put this like a uh, pay with Venmo button, but it just hasn't come to fruition yet. Um, CNBC reported the company stressed the progress it has made on capital efficiency. It expects to reduce costs by 900 million this year and said it said annualized benefits from the cuts and other changes should save at least 1.3 billion in 2023. I really love that. Um, I think PayPal should get as lean and mean as possible. I'm not a huge fan of people getting laid off, but I am a fan of like a company being like really efficient. Uh, I kind of think of that as a way for me to justify that Theta Gang is run by kind of like one person, at least ThetaGang.com and the Theta Gang podcast, the Theta Gang Twitter, like all that stuff is just me. Um, super efficient. I'm. I don't take anything too crazy i don't get crazy on growth i don't have to 10x anything i just take my time and put like my love and passion into it <laughs> um but but yeah it's like i don't i'm not a huge fan of growth stocks um like super like uh growth number driven growth stocks at least because i don't i don't feel comfortable saying that i'm not interested in growth and i'm in, like an amd or anything um i guess what i'm more more saying is like I don't like it when companies barely make any money and they hire a lot of people. Like that—that that is the kind of company that I don't like investing in. Um, and it's—it feels good knowing that PayPal is kind of stepping in the other direction. Not that they were like doing it before, because they were previously just a huge company already. 
Um, but it's just nice that they're going towards my thesis rather than away. They're not saying like, hey, we just owned it up this quarter and we're gonna hire 20% more right now. Like all of that might also be good. I would just be more ecstatic with PayPal just kind of leaning out and then focusing on what they're really good at, which is I think e-commerce. Um, with that said, PayPal is rolling back its stock trading initiatives. So PayPal was gonna become like this stock trading broker thing and I just have like written in all caps right here, good. Um, PayPal doesn't seem like a trading app to me. I would rather have it execute its e-commerce muscle to the best of its ability. Um, next, CNBC reports, our discussions are focused on operational improvements, revenue generating investments, and capital allocation, and they are consistent with our short and long-term objectives and plans. Um, CNBC reports, PayPal said it's seeking a successor for Mark Brito, its chief product officer for the past two years. Um, I thought that that was really good. Um, chief of product uh, basically is in charge of like where, um, where, how, and what gets built really at PayPal. Like they have, they're supposed to have like the vision of where the company is supposed to go and what they're supposed to do. If in the last two years, right, um, PayPal has not been doing as hot and people are like wondering like, okay, what are you, what is this company going to end up doing? What is it going to try to uh, focus in? And if the chief product officer can't like convey that at the company, um, then for two years, yeah, I would, I would probably look for another one. So if any chief product officer quality candidates are listening to this podcast, uh, PayPal is hiring. Uh, PayPal guided up on earnings per share, which is really good. Um, but the last two quarters, they've been guiding down. So this could be a potential signal for a bottom for PayPal, especially if they beat earnings next quarter and they guide up. That would be awesome. Uh, CNBC reports during the second quarter, mainly thanks to Venmo growth, PayPal has added 400,000 net new active accounts or NNAs. In the first quarter, PayPal reported 2.4 million uh, new active accounts for a total of about 2.8 million in the first half of 2022. It said it still intends to add 10 million new accounts for the full year. So uh, that means it intends to add 7.2 million for the last half compared to the 2.8 million in the first half, right? Like just in case you got lost in all those numbers, PayPal added around 2.8 million for the first half of 2022. They are still committing to 10 million by the end of the year. So that means from basically, you know, last week to the end of December, they plan to add 7.2 million. So that's really bullish um, for them reaffirming that. Um, and I can see that being a large motivator and people going back in or like buying more or whatever they wanna do uh, with the stock. It's just a lot of shareholder confidence that that gives. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I could see that happening maybe because holiday numbers um, attract more new accounts, right? Like if you're checking out on, say, like ToysRUs.com, <laughs> rest in peace, um, that maybe you see a PayPal checkout button and you sign up for PayPal. Um, I would love to see just a little bit more on buy now, pay later. Uh, from what I see in passing, buy now, pay later is actually getting more popular um, at a, at a deeper, more like wholesome level, I'm not a fan of buy now, pay later. Uh, I'm not a fan of people like, uh, you know, divvying up payments and being in this like, oh, it's not debt because, you know, maybe there's not even any interest on it. Right. But, uh, Man, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of it. But if it helps people afford things that they 
you know, want to afford, then that's also good. I mean, I can just hear people screaming right now in the car as they're driving, listening to this podcast. People shouldn't buy what they can't afford, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, in my head, I'm just thinking about this, like, you know, hardworking dad that's, like, out all day, maybe, like, doesn't have the greatest of jobs, and, like, Christmas rolls by, and he wants to just buy his daughters some, like, gifts, and he just really wants to put a smile on their face, and really, that type of thing is priceless but judy that's so stupid like he should just save up money and then save up for the college because that will end up uh that will that will end up paying off more in the future and it's like is that going to make that much of a difference right making uh, like a daughter's uh, like christmas like just a little bit more enjoyable enjoyable isn't that like the like isn't it about the small things in life? But Junie, you're just making it sound like you want people to go in debt to buy things that they can't afford. And it's like, I don't want you to do it all the time, but like the way I could justify it is if you do it really occasionally, right? There are already people getting wrecked with credit card debt right now because they already can't afford their control their spending. But I would imagine that there is a handful of people that are actually really responsible with the little money that they have and that they, they could use this little bit of flexibility. So that's the direction and perspective I'm taking. And with that, um, just the end of it, uh, PayPal B expectations on earnings per share and revenue. They guided up and reaffirmed guidance. And so stock market loved it. Um, they went up like 10% after hours, um, but since then, they've cooled about like 5%. So it's about like a 50% retracement from the jump if you're into the Fibonacci sort of like trading style. Um, but yeah, cool. I mean, that that's it for today. Just wanted to kind of report on PayPal and uh, AMD kind of talk about Costco. I'm basically just reporting on my, on my portfolio. Um, for, again, for those that don't know, I show off my portfolio, all the money that I lose, the sum amount of money that sometimes I you know gain um, on the Twitch live stream on Tuesdays at twitch.tv slash realthetygang. Um, and yeah, it's always a good time. People come in, ask questions. Um, I kind of just like go over scenarios sometimes, but um, these last few um, uh, live streams, I've been just looking over earnings and kind of writing notes down, sharing notes um, with the chat, and it's it's been fun. So we're probably going to be doing that again uh, this Tuesday. If you're interested, uh, stop on by. It's always like a like a good vibe. Um, if you're you know if you think that you wouldn't necessarily enjoy the content because it maybe stocks or something. Uh, I also want to let you know, like, if you're ever feeling kind of down or if you're feeling sad, like, just stop on by and just, like, say hi or maybe just chill just in the chat. You don't have to say anything. Um, and just know that, you know, it's always there if you have a bad day uh, or at least a bad Tuesday. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I'll see everybody um, in the outro. But if you have to go, if you get into work, uh, go on ahead. And then, uh, yeah, uh, bye-bye. I want to give a shout out to Arfman, Everly, and PJ Kim. Can't make money IRL, chicken dinner, empty cans, fancy wool, froggy fresh trade, grandpa name five, JG31, JZN, Kaput, lazy reservist, Leo Jetson, Flores Galator, Maestro XC, Maltman1856, McFly, MMM, Mano Dum Dum, M Hayden. Mike D, Mitch Brady 7, Mods, Mr. Integrity, Mr. Sneezy, Naw, Pastor Bedtime, Pocket Change, Roostered, uh, Rustier, Seneca, Shifty, uh, Slow Motion, Statistically Random, uh, Symmetrics, The Jester, Theta Ray, Upstream Puddle, Vlad TC, and Ensys 88. I want to bring up something that I've been just kind of observing. Um, so on Twitter, I've been getting like a few more followers. Um, as of late, like a, like maybe the last few weeks. And then uh, ThetaGang.com website traffic has also been going up uh, in the last few weeks. So, you know, back during the coronavirus crash, uh, ThetaGang.com wasn't in a place, or at least a good place to track website traffic. 
Um, and now that I'm seeing kind of like my socials go up for that's, you know, basically trading related, um, I take that as a sign that more people are motivated to enter back into the market and potentially buy more stocks. So just like as a self note, you know, if I ever see, um, uh, Twitter become less active or maybe my website traffic numbers go down but then curve back up Maybe that's a good indicator of you know, just what sentiment is like for stocks uh, Like I said uh, most people uh, Really enjoy like talking about their winners and like most people enjoy like you know, making money from the stock market I'd say like a very small handful actually make it like a process that they want to get better at um, rather they just really just want to make money so they find like the easiest way to basically do it, whether if it's like signing up for a newsletter, signing up for a trade guru, and they just basically get told which buttons to press. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the market is, or if you know the website traffic at least is like a good indicator of uh, the stock going up. Um, then maybe you know one day um, I I will make it an indicator. Maybe I like let that be publicly ingested by like an API or something. Uh, and then uh, have a neat little theta gang uh, sentiment indicator graph again. I used to have that feature a long time ago. Um, it was really primitive. It was very dumb. It, it, it was really uh, like a really simple algorithm, uh, but maybe I bring it back. It basically tracked like long puts um, over long calls, but that doesn't really work out because a lot of people don't also record their puts um, when they make them or they don't finish them because what I found out was if you bought puts you usually lost <laughs> and you don't end up finishing recording the trade so um, just finding different ways that aren't um, necessarily dependent on the full life cycle of the trade um, but then you know obviously Junie why don't you just track the ones that are open uh, and don't care about the ones that are closed that's doable too, but I think people just have a bias towards uh, calls in general because they're easier to understand. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think the website traffic bit is just like a little bit better if the thesis starts coming out correctly, right? Like if the, st if the stock market does start rebounding. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say that the, <laughs> at least in my very small sample that the hdgang.com's website traffic is a good indicator that people are motivated to come back and that it could be used for a neat little sparkline graph that you can <laughs> maybe insert on your own website or something like that. I don't know. So earlier in the episode, I talked about like a new product um, that I wanted to provide. Um, I didn't want to say like the details there because I didn't want to feel like I'm selling anything because uh, that's just like not me. Um, but here's some of the events that have led up to this moment. So when PayPal made that announcement of you know fifteen dollar fifteen fifteen dollar fifteen uh, billion dollar buyback, right? Huge number makes me super excited. But from the amount of time that I've been in the market, I just like kind of don't believe it. But you know because of their group that invested in them um, that they're you know famous or infamous for making the company actually commit to the buyback i feel a little bit better but i thought it would be even better if i could validate that somehow and i wanted to implement some sort of like stock buyback graph of like the amount of stocks that a company actually ends up buying back and it'd be a neat little graph to look at and i thought about putting that on the thetagame.com website update and it just didn't make sense. Um, it didn't make sense that like a stock buyback graph would be on um, thetagame.com, which is like a options trading social platform. Like it made no sense. So I thought about what is like a scalable solution that's really, really um, easy to iterate on that I can like have all these like really um, fast ideas come to fruition. And I thought, you know, it does make kind of sense to just spin up a new website where the code base is clean enough where there's not all these extra requests happening that if you just ever wanted to see like a specific stocks info that you can just navigate to this site, go type in a stock ticker and you have all the data. Um, a lot of the current websites right now are pay gated and they have lots and lots of ads. Um, 
for this website, I imagine, it, just like theyogain.com, it'd be ad-free. Uh, thanks to the patrons, of course. And um, in the beginning, at least, it'll be patron-exclusive. So only patrons will be able to uh, log into this new website. And um, I think I'm going to facilitate that with like a sign-in with datagang.com account button. So that would be pretty cool. Um, getting a little bit like uh, my own custom Okta integration or something. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah. So now it feels good that um, I have this like creative outlet for the things I want to prototype, whether if it's like a widget or, you know, if it's like a phone app. And we'll kind of get into that sort of stuff. But thegame.com has always been evolving. Its purpose has always been evolving. It's, it started off as like a website that literally just had like an HTML table with my trades that I like I manually entered and then deployed. Um, and people were really interested in that idea of like, wow, this person's actually showing all their trades, their winners and losers. And that's really cool. And other people wanted to do that too. And then uh, I started having it so that you can sign up and create your own trades. And then I started thinking like ways that you can make trades easier to input. So I did that. And then people wanted to talk to each other. And so we started talking to each other and uh, started putting in some like audit-esque features like price stamps and you know doing all these things um, that are very Theta Gang related now that weren't Theta Gang related before. But... I don't want to evolve ThetaGang into this all-encompassing platform. I'd rather have ThetaGang be like this really good ThetaGang app. Uh, you know, a place where stocks and option traders can go, but um, you know, maybe a little bit more biased towards option sellers. If you need help with selling options, this is like the place to kind of go to. Um, especially if you want to show off that you're able, if, if you know what you're doing. Um, that this is where you go to. Uh, and then keeping things like really random metrics like stock buybacks and all that stuff uh, in a different dashboard. And maybe like analysis about a specific stock, maybe that doesn't actually belong in datagame.com either. Like imagine, for, I mean for the patrons at least, because patrons get like a slightly different dashboard than or a sl slightly different view than everybody else on datagame.com. Like, I want to really start fleshing that out. Like, uh, I give my patrons like this little dollar cost um, uh, or <laughs> discounted cash flow. Sorry, not dollar cost, but discounted cash flow uh, model that's used to generate like number target numbers for the next five years. It'd be really cool if I could really start extending that feature. Um, but it doesn't make sense to really go all in on that because at least on ThetaGang.com, because ThetaGang.com should be about like selling options, logging trades, and kind of like learning from each other. Not so much doing entire valuations on companies um, within like a small modal that isn't like heavily supported. So I want to bring all the general stuff about ThetaGang um, into this new dashboard, evolve this new dashboard on this other, this new website into being more generalist on finance related things. And again, patrons will have um, exclusive access to it. It'll just kind of grow from there. Um, but then this also leaves this new website to be the home for like, you know, I had reservations of making a ThetaGang, um, you know, iPhone app or Android app. I thought like it'd be a cool idea, but I support mobile so heavily that I think that's it's just okay. But I didn't want to build the ThetaGang app and then have this like genius financial idea, um, you know, not that I have that many of those, but I didn't want to have this like really big idea that I wanted to execute, but it didn't fit under the Theta Gang name, right? Like, what if I wanted to create like this really simple drip calculator, right, for dividend stocks? Well, it doesn't really make sense under the Theta Gang name for its identity that it has right now. And I don't really think it's a good good way to move forward if I made ThetaGang a generalist platform. And so if I wanted to create a drip calculator uh, uh, or a, a, a logger for just stocks that's really heavily focused on showing your dollar cost averages and your timeline and when you're about to re receive your next dividend payment, if I want to do all of that stuff, it's probably best on a generalist platform, you know, or uh, unless if there's somehow something called dividend gang or something. But that gets really 
really tiring from my perspective because I don't want to host many domains. I don't want to host all these different pipelines. If everyone, if someone wants to take that name and run, go for it. Some, someone creates a dividend gain. I don't know. But that is really hard, managing all of those. So I'd rather have one pipeline that has all my generous ideas. And I finally, finally came up with a name. And it's going to encompass like everything else I do in the future. I'm still heavily focused on Theta Gang. Theta Gang is not going anywhere. For example, this new uh, like this new website isn't is going to have a podcast. At, at least I don't think. Um, but Theta Gang podcast will always exist um, for as long as I own Theta Gang, I guess. Um, and it's just me. I don't want to scare anybody and think like, oh, there's investors involved. This is just me. It's funded with my checkings account. <laughs> um, oh, and the patrons, right? Yes, I don't, I don't, I don't want to discount that at all because it's definitely patrons have definitely helped a lot. Holy moly! Um, but yeah, it's just basically me. I'm not running on any sort of roadmap. All these ideas are just me. I'm not like forced to make this generalist platform, but it helps so much i feel like yeah it, it something weird has been happening to just like how i've been developing things i'm really happy with the new price stamp feature that just recently went out i've been getting lots of good positive feedback for it in the emails and especially in the discord there this was like the most buzz that any feature has really gotten in the last few days and that's told me a lot. It's told me that like, wow, I should really start focusing on, you know, like stocks and options and like uh, getting that really um, well supported in the theme of Theta Gang, which is like price stamps, you know, how real is this trade? Like all, all that sort of stuff. But when we, when I started dabbling into wanting to learn more about like earnings reports, um, financial reports, um, you know, discounted cash flow models, all these general stuff doesn't belong in thetagain.com. So over the next few like weeks, there's going to be like a small transformation, um, at least from the patrons point of view, patrons currently see this discounted cash flow model on the specific stocks. I'm going to actually replace that with, um, a revamped old feature that used to exist. And that was like the, the, uh, trades provided by Omnique. And I do like this custom filtering of trades that look good to me. And I would display these as like suggested trades that you could potentially, you know, do if you like take up on them and edit them a little bit or whatever. So that's, this, that's the type of direction that I want to go to. Thetagang.com is a options and stock trading like social platform. It's not where you go to make big stock decisions. Um, and that's more along the lines of something that this new journalist website would be uh, for. So with that said, with all of that said, I mean, it feels really good. I feel like my vision for where I want to take ThetaGang.com and this new website is clearer than ever before. Um, it's probably been like three months um, for like what I've been like kind of battling with of just I'm coming with all these ideas that I think are good, but they just don't belong in this one place. But this one place, aka theta.com, is doing really well for me. I should definitely keep doing that. But there needs to be some sort of way where I can continue to like have like unrestricted fun. Like I don't want to make it seem like the working on theta.com is not fun. But what I find that is particularly not fun for me is like having an idea and not being able to kind of execute on it which is what i'm so amped up for for this new website is that i can have this outlet now that is theta game related don't get it don't get it wrong because you have you're gonna have you're gonna need a theta game account to sign into this new website um but this one is for all the other finance related stuff like a like a dividend calculator stock graph that's interactable um, like a widget provider. It's gonna have like NPM repos that are like contributable. Like you're finally gonna be able to make a PR um, for the Theta, for, not Theta Game repo, but for this new uh, website's name's repo. Uh, and 
it's it's all coming together, right? Theta Gang, I imagine, is going to continue to just be private. I'm just going to be doing the being being the one that does the updates and stuff for it. But there is a chance where Theta Gang starts um, requiring or downloading a package provided by like this new website that is iterated by you guys and girls that are like excited to also work on it. Um, it is just the perfect, perfect, perfect for all the ones that watch TikTok. It is, it is the perfect, perfect, perfect solution. Um, and my vision for Thetagame.com and this new website is so, so clear. And I feel super amped. And lastly, as we just crossed the one hour mark for the website, um, I don't want to give off uh, the website name because I had just literally picked it yesterday. I was waiting for the right aha moment um, to hit me uh, for what the website's name will be. Um, and I have, to me, is the perfect one. And as long as it's perfect to me, it's, it's the perfect one. Uh, I will be disclosing the name of the website um, you know, once I have like the patron login functionality working. Uh, it's all public and I have like the names of everything just kind of secure. Um, but yeah, I'm so, so excited to share this with everybody. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to be like a joy kill and not giving up what the, the new name is, but I've, I've waited so long to come up with this name. It was available. I bought the domain for it already. Um, all I'll say right now is that it has to do with my parents. And, um, you know, as my like stepdad is not feeling so good right now, but my mom's feeling better. It's like, it's, it just ties everything together because I've learned so much this like last, like two years, just about, you know, family, mental health, uh, like, you know, uh, physical health, you know, my dad and my mom being diabetic and my, my stepdad's like crying cause he's like in so much like nerve pain scared of needles so he doesn't want to get insulin so the pain doesn't stop my mom was depressed like suicidal and all this stuff it was that was just so much and then having this new website be like where i put all my ideas learnings um like everything that i love to do like on this website and having it named after like my parents, I think is like one of the most wholesome feelings I've ever felt in in like my programming career. Uh, and I hope the name lasts for as long as my <laughs> my lineage goes on. I mean, you know, my grandkids will ask one day, like, you know, um, Grandpa, like, why is uh, why is your website that you talk about all the time why is it named dating game uh why is it named this name you know for the other one and i get to have a little story time about you know who their great grandparents are and um yeah i imagine too this website will also show off kind of like my phil philanthropic uh endeavors i guess you know like the skate jam that i'm kind of sponsoring where i'm like um uh, uh, like uh, providing helmets, uh, what else? What else am I getting? Uh, skateboard decks, uh, trucks, shoes, like all this stuff that I'm like kind of doing for the skate jam. I love to just show that, like you know, I'm giving back to my small town community, and um, yeah, just having that documented somewhere is kind of nice. Um, just showing that like life isn't all about stocks. So you know the. The wholesome nature of it all is just like, the website's named it for my parents. It's gonna have some references to like skate jams and stuff or like my philanthropic efforts, like even though they're really, really small, right? Um, but it's also gonna have a stocks dashboard. I think that that's just me in a nutshell, right? Like money isn't everything, it's nice. And if I can stop someone from making a bad decision, that's like, that's me. I don't want you to be Omega rich. I don't want you to make the next biggest play. That's not like what I'm about. And as the years go on and 
as I'm like continuing the podcast and continue developing, I only harden like that identity. Like I don't, I don't think I've like strayed away from, you know, from where I started really with just making sure people understand like what's dangerous in the options space um, and, you know, being all in and always accounting for max loss and, you know, kind of like, kind of that stuff. Um, so thank you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like saying thank you just to a mic in this empty room. But yeah, for those that have stuck around this far, um, big things are coming. And then, yeah, I, I just can't, I, I can't, I can't handle myself. The, the name of the website is just too perfect. Um, everyone will be hearing about it just a little bit more later. And yeah, happy, happy Sunday. Uh, I'll see everybody on the Tuesday live stream. Um, uh, otherwise, I'll see everyone on the next podcast episode. The next podcast episode is not going to have um, anything nearly as long as this at the end. Uh, this one, this 1% section is absolutely the gem uh, to find, I think. If, you know, a lot of people are not going to know that this other part of the website exists. If, if you find out about it, I mean... You can you can say what what it is, or you could bring it up, but you could also just keep it a secret too. I don't mind. Like you don't have to hype this this new venture up at all. But uh, it, I think it's going to be really really cool. I I I think this is this is definitely the right move. Be safe. Uh, be well. Uh, call your parents because I'm about to call my mom. Uh, actually, just right after this, uh, see how she's doing. Uh, my she's gonna try to force my stepdad to go get his blood drawn tomorrow man he's so he's so scared of needles it's so frustrating but it's okay uh we'll, we'll get him there uh i hope everyone has a fantastic week again one more time see everybody next week i've i've wasted enough every time already thank you for listening bye-bye uh bye <laughs>